Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome, everybody, to the Alan Nathan Show, Soaker Joe Show. Co-host Joe filling in again this week for Alan Nathan because he is on assignment, and that assignment is trying desperately not to kick all the painters out of his house and do it himself. They were supposed to have been done today, but instead they're going to be still there through Monday, and guess what? Somebody has to be around for him. Alan has volunteered. So you'll be with him on Monday, but if Alan were here with us today, he would perhaps frustratedly give to you his mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedrooms, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. The Alan Nathan Show is a Main Street Radio Network production, so we want to thank the Main Street Radio Network for allowing this program to exist. Sometimes their sponsors or clients, I should say, uh, do not like the content of the program. Sometimes even management does not like the content on this program. But we manage to have this program nonetheless because they do back the First Amendment. We appreciate that. also want to thank the Salem Radio Network for distributing this show. The Al Nathan Show can be found at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. That's one of its principal homepages. But, of course, it has another homepage at AlanNathan.com. You can find them on social media, Main Street Radio Network's uh, Facebook page, for example, also on Twitter at Main Street Radio, or even on Alan's own little Twitter page at Alan Nathan. And as for the Silker Joe Show, you can find that on Getter, G-E-T-T-R dot com at Silker Joe Show. At this point, Alan would read his pre-written topics, and guess what? I have some right here. Why do Democrat voters support political prosecutions and show trials? Also, while we are distracted by the Trump indictment, the world moves away from the dollar as our financial system weakens. What next? I believe we are still waiting for our guest to uh, come on in because he called a little early uh, while the studio was otherwise preoccupied. So while waiting for that, I will just uh, give you some background. Earlier this week when I was talking about the Trump indictment, that was there was still a lot of questions around it. It wasn't exactly clear everything that was going on because he had just turned himself in. But now we have seen had time to analyze the uh, unsealed indictment packages, and we've seen that there's pretty much 34 charges that are copied and pasted, and they stem from some unnamed crime, which at this time no one knows. And joining us now to talk about this, Congressman Ralph Norman, Republican South Carolina's 5th District. He is a member of the House Rules Committee, rules that seem to have been broken by this uh, prosecutor, Committee on the Budget, and the Financial Services Committee. Congressman Norman, always happy to talk with you. How are you today? Well, great. Glad to be on, guys. All right. So what do you make of this uh, indictment here where it just seems like a really slipshod, throw something together and hope it sticks uh, job? Oh, it's a it's a travesty. I mean, you know, to to do this to a sitting president, if this were just a one time thing, Joseph, that's one thing. But this administration is weaponizing every part of uh, of the Justice Department and are using things like this, which third world countries do, uh, not naming the crime, most of which, uh, as you mentioned, have been cut and pasted to see the interview 
that uh, you know the prosecutor had where he really couldn't answer any questions. He uh, didn't address the fact that statute of limitations has run out on uh, on all of them, uh, to my knowledge. And it's a travesty, it really is. And the money that he's spending uh, to uh, for, with law enforcement when he's not even prosecuting any crimes, I mean, it's, it's a uh, it's a travesty. Mm-hmm. Well, he may have been able to get around the statute of limitations thing. I don't remember if it was New York City in particular or New York State at large, but if you're living outside the state, then you can actually extend the statute of limitations a little bit. I don't know if you can extend it by two years, but uh, he did manage to get around that. And as far as wasting resources go, he campaigned on prosecuting Trump. So as far as the voters are concerned, I think they're getting what they paid for. Well, they are, but look what he's putting the country through. I mean, you know, this, this man has faced how he stood up. I don't really know uh, from the R- Russia hoax to the two impeachments to just to, just the money he's having to, to spend to defend himself is un-American and it's it's not right. Ironically, I think it's going to help President Trump. I think look at the the donations that are coming in and uh, they played their hand way too uh, it's loose with the law. Uh, and it's way too uh, overboard for the American people. They sense something is wrong, and uh, I actually think it's going to help his campaign. Hmm. Yeah, certainly helped in the with this short-term boost to the campaign for sure. He'll probably have a lot of staying power because this trial it's not going to go anywhere. And when you when it finally does get to court, if it isn't thrown out beforehand. Uh, I'm pretty sure that jury, you know, find find a Trump supporter in New York City. Good luck with that needle in the haystack right there. So I think the public's going to be aware that this is just a show trial. And, and the judge in the case, too, isn't like his daughter, a Kamala Harris uh, campaign member or something like that as well. He just couldn't get any more bias than this. And the people might be seeing that and going, well, they're doing that to Trump after seven years of running him through the ringer. What will they do to me? Yeah, you know, the media, for the most part, is, is taking a blind eye. I mean, they're sensationalizing this because they think it will hurt Trump. But where is the curiosity of, of, with the president and his ties to China? Where is the curiosity with uh, the son, Hunter Biden? Where is the curiosity with the president's uh, uh, brother? I mean, you know, it's, it just goes on and on. But I think it's going to backfire, and I think uh, America, this should be a wake-up call to all Americans, to your listeners. Uh, we're losing our freedom, and we got to fight, or they will take it, just like what they're doing to President Trump. They know no bounds, and they will go to any lengths to make up things and try to, to go after those that they consider uh, any Trump supporter, but really anybody that's uh, anti this administration, which there's a growing number of people that are not going to put up with this. Mm. Yeah, and especially when you have such – it couldn't be any more blatant of a political prosecution than with this particular district attorney who, according to him, armed robbery of all things shouldn't be a felony. It should be a misdemeanor. Almost ending someone's life to steal their money should be a misdemeanor, according to this guy. Yet he slaps Trump with 34 felony charges. You can't get any more blatantly political prosecution than that. No, it's not. And, you know, if you and I get charged, you know, run a red light. Uh, we get our day in court, but at least we know what we're fighting. We ran a red light, and then you get to, to either prove your innocence or guilt uh, with the crime. But not to not even name the crime and to use a misdemeanor to try to make felony out of it is is overboard. But 
everything this administration is doing, from the jailing of the 53 people on January 6th without a trial, with uh, you know the raid of Mount Marlago, with uh, you know with having a blind eye toward Biden and the, the documents he had, and all the other is is really uh, is, is Americans have got to wake up that. We're going to lose our freedom if we don't fight this thing on so many different levels. Uh, and it just starts with, with us taking ownership. And uh, this is just a, I'm sure, look at the timing of when they want the, the trial to be, January. That's when the primary start. Uh, so it's a, um, it's, it's a, uh, it's a wake-up call for all of us. Mm. Yeah, as if uh, the January 6th defendants you mentioned shouldn't have been a wake-up call. There's some people who were outside the Capitol that they arrested, but then there's one person, I forgot which one it was, but he's been held 800 days so far without a trial, and Merrick Garland came out and still said the guy, his right to a speedy trial hasn't been violated yet. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, it's like Mayorkas. It's like everybody in this administration, but you know what Mayorkas uh, has done on the border to say is secure. When, you know, we ask him if, if the border is secure, define to me what insecure is. And he can't do it. They just say these things, and they think that they repeat them enough that it will somehow be true. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a uh, – the way they've used the FBI to go after people uh, is, is criminal. And they, um, again, they're pressing every level. They have got to, in their minds, maintain power. That's the only way they're going to – maintain their socialistic uh, agenda, which uh, has not worked anywhere and it won't work in America. But we, we've got to get our voices back. And I, I think this, what you've seen with President Trump, will help us all say we're not sitting by, back. We're going to uh, we're gonna fight for our freedom and not allow him to get by with continually doing this. Mm, yeah, it was a bit heartening that of the donations that surged in after his arrest, a quarter of them were from people who'd never donated before. This really has energized a lot of people. Well, and I think people know what's at risk. I mean, if we lose America, where do we go? And so that's why we've got to do what we have to do. Absolutely. Congressman Norman, appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan Show. Again, listeners, he's a member of the House Rules Committee, Committee on the Budget, and the Financial Services Committee. And this is an absolutely important topic that we're going to have to keep following because... It shows the future of freedom in this country, where it's going to go. Will we be a banana republic, or will we be the same shining beacon on the hill that we or that Ronald Reagan envisioned? But folks, we have more show coming up after this break. This message is provided by Beringer Engelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global 
Global Fibronear Program. To learn more about Fibronear and eligibility requirements, visit fibronear-ipf.longboat.com and fibronear-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM SkillsBuild continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans' organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at PVA.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Alan promises he'll be back Monday right now. He is huffing paint fumes. Well, not deliberately, mind you. It's just uh, people are painting the house. Someone has to be there. So that is his assignment for this week. He's also trying to work on his book. So, you know, it should be interesting what he manages to write while under the influence of those paint fumes in his house. Anyway, though, he did want me to emphasize that he would be back on Monday. However, I'm going to emphasize some other points. So of those 34 charges, uh, 23 of them are the ones that are repeated over and over. And then there's 11 of them 
that are charges for actions that President Trump and his organization didn't actually make. They were charged with receiving invoices from someone. That's right. 11 of the alleged felony charges against Trump were for receiving invoices from outside the company. So I guess now in New York City, if uh, you get an email from someone that district attorney doesn't like, you will be charged with a felony, apparently. Boy, I've received email. I've received invoices in my email before that, you know, some I didn't solicit. I guess that means what? That I'm going to be charged with felonies, too, in New York City? Could be. I've never even been to New York City, but I'm maybe some of those people who sent me invoices were from New York City. Guess I'm facing felony charges now because I vote Republican, even though I don't really like the Republican Party. Boy, their establishment response has been absolutely weak. <laughs> I've said stronger stuff than their uh, lead than the Republican leadership. I guess that it's because they're kind of in on this sort of thing. You know, they may not uh, openly say it, but they certainly seem their lukewarm response to this seems to be part of the their real feelings about it that they just don't see a problem with political prosecution because it gets rid of trump and they don't like trump any more than uh, the democrats do the establishment and the gop because this is their little playground this is their little pond they're the big fish there's no room for trump here so, and they don't want trump threatening their little fiefdom that they have over republican voters that they've enjoyed for decades where they co-opted the Tea Party movement and they managed to convince everyone to just keep voting and donating and we'll do everything that we promise, which they never felt followed through on. It's like they don't even want to win. They just want to lie to you to soak up your money. And we're seeing that now with these weak responses. The one person who actually got stuff done, President Trump, they don't want him in the picture at all. So, you know, they're trying to walk the line between supporting him and, you know, how much can they say without... Uh, lying too much and uh, losing their cookies because they can't pretend to support Trump too much. It's uh, really disgusting, the party leadership. You're wasting your money if you donate to the RNC or Mitch McConnell, I'll tell you that much, because they're not going to do anything about this. This is the kind of thing they want to happen to Trump. They don't really care that it might happen to them. They'll cross that bridge when they get to, I guess. But uh, there's other matters, though, that we have to get to from this uh, distraction because they do affect you. But I also add one other thing. FEC Commissioner James Trainer, he came out and said that there was no violation of federal election law in this uh, case here that the district attorney is pursuing. So who knows, again, what that hidden charge is that nobody knows that this whole case is centered around. I, I guess we'll find out during the course of the trial, perhaps. But no telling. It is a bad idea, though, to schedule that trial for January, I think, because, that, like, like the congressman said, this is right when the Republican primaries start. Well, we saw the boost that Trump got from his arrest the other day, right? 25% of his donors were people who never donated before. So what kind of boost is it going to be when this goes right back into the headlines? Is he just going to sweep the primaries from the courtroom? That'd be an interesting sight be an interesting reflection on his uh, opponents in the primary. I would just suggest that they not bother running because this trial is going to be free publicity for him. And again, especially if it comes out that these uh, biased Democrat jurors vote for him. Actually, I don't think I mentioned it on this show yet. I have a bunch of notes in front of me. I don't think I mentioned it yet that uh, my take on the trial, the trial will proceed is Trump will actually be convicted in the New York City court. 
because you're you're not going to find 12 jurors who are uh and who are pro trump you'd be lucky if you find one so with a entire jury stacked against him and the judge who is you know has uh ties to the democrat party and in fact himself is a donor to the democrat to various democrat causes and anti-trump causes there's no way this trial is going to be unbiased you know, Trump could, I guess, ask for a different judge or whatever because the judge and the jury are so biased. But again, or maybe a different venue, I should say. But who who knows how that's going to go? It might get rejected. He might end up in this court anyway. And with a judge against you, with the jury against you, there's no way he's going to win this trial, even if all these charges are bogus. Even if that one charge that everything was uh based around even if that's totally bogus just something that district attorney alvin bragg pulled out like uh, trump jaywalked one time on his way to trump tower therefore all these charges stick because trump was going to do these things when he got to trump tower after jaywalking <laughs> believe it or not that is actually something a prosecutor could do if they wanted to uh, in the commission of one crime if other crimes are committed then you can be charged for those other crimes even if the initial crime that you're doing is jaywalking so if it's such a leap of logic like that that probably went past the normal courtroom, it will pass in New York City. It will lead to a conviction because they hate Trump. They're Democrats. What do you expect? They're not going to apply rule of law equally or anything like that. No. These are the same people who, again, they voted for District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who thinks that uh, 52% of felony cases should be downgraded to misdemeanors. And of those misdemeanors, only 29% are actually won in court. The rest are just let go or incompetently prosecuted or whatever. He thinks armed robbery, something which threatens your life, puts you within seconds of death, puts you within a sneeze of being killed. If the gunman sneezes while the gun's in your face, good luck, you're dead. If uh, the, He thinks that's a misdemeanor. A gun crime, mind you. You know, the same anti-gun Democrats who want to take your firearms away. They're the ones out there saying armed robbery, misusing a firearm. It's actually a misdemeanor. The person should be allowed to keep their gun after they point it in your face and threaten your life. But Trump? Oh, no. He did something. He He's a Republican. Therefore, all of these crimes are against him. That's okay. Uh, this is the in an environment like that. Do you really think you're going to find any Democrats who might be lenient toward Trump? Absolutely not. These people are insane, psychotic. So this will lead to a conviction at that level. Now, when the trial goes to the appeals court, that's where it's going to get overturned, of course, because you're going to have uh, saner people. The higher up in the court system you go, the farther away from this epicenter of insanity that is New York City that you get, the more reasonable people who think well you know maybe this thing that didn't violate any laws and normally whose statute of limitations would have ran out maybe it's not really a crime after all especially since democrats have done the same thing and never were prosecuted maybe we can let trump get away with this thing that's not exactly a crime anyway whereas at the local level they think that uh hush money from a republican is a worse crime than putting a gun in someone's face that's what they've and they voted based on that thought. So, well, I, we're almost out of time for this segment. I didn't get a chance to get into the other topic because this is just such an insane oxygen-sucking story that Trump will be convicted, not because he's really guilty of anything, but because Democrats want him behind bars and they happen to control the judicial system. This is what happens in, you know, banana republics, third world countries, dictatorships, this is not what's supposed to happen in the United States. And they dare to say that no one's above the law. No. 
I, I guess they're not above Democrat law when Democrats control the system. But when you when convi- when people with guns in your face seem to be above the law, whereas hush money is treated as a capital offense, yeah, I think your judicial system is backwards and corrupt, and rightfully so. Folks, more than Alan Nathan show after this break. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day, and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissantwich. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Play puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. 
Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Al Nathan Show, everybody. Silker Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today while he is off at home trying to work on his book while people are painting his house. Someone had to be there while they were painting, and that someone had to be him. So good luck to him writing a book while a bunch of paint fumes are in the air. It should be a very interesting experience. But speaking of people who've written books, probably without any paint fumes, we have Dr. Murray Sabrin on standby. He is Emeritus Professor of Finance at Ramapo College of New Jersey. His most recent book is From Immigrant to Public Intellectual, an American Story. Dr. Sabrin, happy to have you on the Alan Nathan Show today. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Great to be with you. All right, happy to have you. Now, so you're being in New Jersey, pretty close to what's going to the uh, epicenter of this Trump indictment. So, what do you make of this? Well, actually, we moved to Florida nearly uh, oh. two years ago, so we uh, were enjoying the freedom and the sunshine here in the, in the Sunshine State. And uh, having left New Jersey was probably one of the most important decisions we've ever made because uh, between the weather and the taxes and the uh, political uh, nonsense that goes on in one of the deep blue states now, uh, we're so glad to be in uh, Florida. Anyway, uh, getting back to the Trump indictment, I, I've never seen a case where uh, the prosecutor uh, should – should have given him a slap on the wrist for, quote, falsifying uh, business records. And where is the victim here when there's a crime? It's supposed to be a victim. This was this was a procedural cr- uh, uh, mistake that the, the Trump administration, uh, Trump company made regarding how to, how to deal with the uh, so-called hush money. And um, what what Alan, Alvin Bragg is trying to do is wrap around the federal election law uh, uh, violation, which, of course, the Federal Election Commission said there's no uh, violation here. So Bragg is going out of his way to uh, put Trump in the hot seat. And uh, the interesting thing is there are Democrats who want Trump behind bars and the Democrats uh, who want Trump to run because they think he would be an easier uh, candidate to defeat in 2024. So there's a lot of cross currents going on here. But um, I spoke to a former colleague the other day, and uh, one of his neighbors is a New York prosecutor who said that um, uh, what Bragg has something up his sleeve to try to um, uh, wrap up. Uh, Trump with a uh, uh, racketeering indictment, um, and that will uh, give him the opportunity to go after Trump in a big way and say, listen, we're not going to go after this. 
but uh, and avoid prison time if you um, if you just get out of the presidential race. So here's an example of interfering with the presidential campaign. That uh, is another example of how American politics has sunk to uh, third world status. Mm-hmm. And I just, what's the Republican response going to be to this? Should they just? do the same thing. I'm sure they can find a lot of charges to come against various Democrat candidates over the years, you know, especially with what we know about the Biden administration's deal or with, uh, sorry, Joe Biden himself, his dealing with various other countries over the years. Oh, there's no question about it. I think uh, uh, prosecutors in states where you have uh, uh, deep red um, uh, politics, they'd, they'd love uh, prosecutors to go after Biden or the Clintons because of their shenanigans with the Clinton Foundation, which is basically a, a money scheme for the Clintons to enrich themselves uh, with uh, uh, tax-deductible contributions, since it was a 501c3 nonprofit tax-exempt organization. And the Bidens, I mean, the New York Post has been out front on uh, from Hunter Biden to his uncle Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother. Uh, th- this is despicable what goes on here. It's all about money. This, why do people go into politics and stay there for a long time? Not because they have such a great concern for the country, but it's a way to enrich themselves. Now, is there a way to step back from this brink of, uh, I guess, lawfare annihilation? Because <clears throat> with uh, the statistic coming out in 2015 that the average person commits at least three felonies a day without realizing it, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can go after any of these candidates at any time you care to, regardless of what party they are. Well, what's happened is the law has become a blunt instrument. I mean, uh, like you said, uh, the old adage is that a district attorney could indict a ham sandwich uh, and get away with it with a grand jury because grand juries are pretty compliant with what the uh, what the prosecutor uh, presents because the defense attorneys are not allowed to be in the room with the grand jury. So uh, it's really open season on anyone that the uh, uh, any prosecutor anywhere in the country, whether it's a Republican or Democrat prosecutor or someone who's non affiliated, they can really do a job on, on your life because it is very expensive to defend yourself. And if you're acquitted, uh, I don't think the government reimburses you for legal fees. Hmm. Now, so this also sends a warning to the average voter out there. You know, especially with how we've seen the Department of Justice ready to go after the average voter, what with uh, sicking the FBI and parents concerned about what's being taught in schools or yeah. uh, it, what happened to Mark Halk, where just for protesting uh, and you know protecting his son from someone who was yelling at his kid, he ends up with yeah. a FBI team raiding his home with uh, weapons. You know, it just seems like a message, hey, look what we're doing to Trump. We can do this to you and you don't have the money to protect yourself. Well, the, the, the most outrageous thing that happened recently that made national news, I think, is uh, the IRS agent who went to Matt Taibbi's house, the journalist who was testifying in Congress. Uh, what is an, FBI, uh, an IRS agent coming to your house for uh, when people have uh, difficulties with the IRS, or at least the IRS uh, is questioning something on your tax return? They send you a letter. They don't send an agent to your house. I mean, this is what's happened in America is that the federal government agencies, which are supposed to be politically neutral, have become basically uh, uh, instruments of uh, the uh, whatever administration is in power. And the Democrats are, 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 are classic in using the government uh, agencies to uh, annihilate their political opponents. Hmm. And it seems like 
I don't think the Republicans could be able to do the same thing. I, we saw this starting in the Trump administration that these government agencies, they really seem to be bent toward the Democrat Party and seem to be biased in that direction. And that didn't always used to be the case. In fact, I know somebody who had worked in the government for a bit, and he just can't believe that they're biased towards Democrats because in his time they weren't. But it really does seem that they have a stranglehold on the federal government and the bureaucracies. And so even hypothetically, if Republicans did want to wage this kind of political warfare using the laws against their political opponents, I don't think the manpower exists for them to do so. Well, uh, the uh, so-called invisible government, which was the title of a book, by the way, from the 1980s, uh, described how these current bureaucracies in the State Department, in the CIA, in the NSA, uh, the FBI, they're the ones that really run the government. The president is a caretaker for the most part, and the president basically deals with foreign policy and, and budgetary issues. But the regulatory agents, these are the ones that have the real power in our government, whether it's the EPA or the FDA or the... Um, or the other agencies out there. I mean, they have enormous clout in, uh, in regulating the U.S. economy. And so those of us who have been critical of this for, for many, many decades, uh, it's time for the American people to say enough is enough and uh, let's downsize the federal government to its constitutional provisions, which, of course, no one in Washington is talking about because that would bring out a constitutional crisis since the federal budget is not consistent with Article and Section 8 of what are the legitimate expenditures of the federal government. And it's also in no one's interest to cut the federal government because yeah. each branch of Congress or each branch of the legislative branch, that is the House and the Senate and each of the committees in there, they manage, they maintain certain portions of the federal government and have an eye over them. And the more that you have an eye over, the more powerful you are as a political person, the more money you can take in from uh, whether legal or otherwise from the lobbyists. So it's really mm -hmm. not in anyone's interest to downsize the federal government. Yeah, I think the people who scream democracy the loudest, we have probably the most anti-democratic small d uh, government in, in our history because you have uh, the lobbyists and the um, and the agents and the regulatory agencies running the show. And the, the people that we elect there, they don't have as much power as people think. It's, and so uh, what we need is, is a, not so much democracy. We need liberty. I mean, the democracy is not mentioned at all in in the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution, yet people are screaming that we have to protect our democratic ideals. And uh, I say we have to protect our, our basic liberties, which are outlined in the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. Yeah, it seems to be a sort of bait and switch also to convince people to uh, that our system needs to be totally restructured. Because when you say we're a democracy, we're a democracy, we're a democracy – you forget that we're actually a constitutional republic. So these systems that are in place to stop corruption and to prevent a tyranny of the majority, suddenly those seem like, well, that's totally against our values. What are they doing there? Well, this is why uh, we are on a very slippery slope. I've observed American politics since I attended my first political rally in 1961. That's a long time to observe what's happened to American politics. And uh, the Democratic Party of JFK is no longer in existence. It's been taken over by the Bernie Sanders of the world and the, and the Adam Schiff's of the world who want to uh, wield power for the sake of wielding power because their ideology says um, the economy can be managed from the top down, which is a, the great myth. And uh, it's really pathetic to see supposedly intelligent people still cling on, cling to this collectivist vision uh, that uh, somehow uh, people in Washington are, are, are smarter than the tens of millions of uh, American entrepreneurs and uh, hundreds of millions of American consumers. 
Yeah, I never did understand that thinking because these are the same people who say you can't concentrate uh, too much power in the hands of the corporations because they're greedy and evil. Well, the government is too. Why do you want to concentrate power with them as well? You get the final word on this. Well, uh, I just hope everyone reads my Substack column at murraysaverin.substack.com. And uh, we have to continue this, uh, raise our voices for what is good in America and point out that there are better solutions than what the, uh, the collectivists have been advocating. All right, Dr. Murray Subrin, thank you for being on the Al Nathan Show. Listeners, you can go check out his column because we're coming up to a commercial, but we will be right back. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager, JumpCloud's Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices and cloud-based options aren't ideal either. JumpCloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end-to-end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud-based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. 
One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Thank you for sticking with the Studio Sour of the Al and Nathan show. Don't worry, I'm not. This isn't the conclusion. We do have about nine minutes left, and joining us for them, we have Jeffrey Dickens, Director of Media Analysis at the Media Research Center. Jeffrey, always happy to have you on. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. All right, so you guys have been paying attention to how much the media has been covering Trump's indictment versus Biden family corruption. What did you all come up with? Well, we found a glaring double standard. It's quite stunning, but not surprising, given the uh, the bias of the mainstream uh, broadcast networks. Uh, what we found is we looked at the big three, ABC, NBC, CBS network, evening shows, morning shows, and their Sunday roundtable shows from March 16th, uh, which was uh, the, uh, the day when the House Oversight Committee released this uh, damning evidence of uh, the Biden family getting money from the from a Chinese company, uh, and so that if we looked at that from March 16th through up through uh, last night's news, and we found uh, 658 minutes on the Trump investigation coverage. You know the his arrest in New York, uh, the and also the, his coverage of uh, the Mar-a-Lago and January 6th investigations, and we found 658 minutes to Trump and zero seconds to the Biden family corruption story. Right, so 11 hours to, to Trump and nothing about Biden's corruption. I th- and wasn't the uh, announcement of Trump's indictment strategically timed to take attention away from the Biden family corruption as well? I, you know, I don't know. Seemingly. It's, it's, it's possible. It seems like it. But uh, yeah, they, they would have ignored it either way. We, we've been documenting here at Newsbusters and MRC how they've been pretty much hiding uh, Hunter Biden and, and, and scandals. Uh, 
And it's, you know, it's not just the salacious things about Hunter, you know, smoking and then being involved with prostitutes, but also really the most serious uh, issues uh, where Hunter Biden is very much linked uh, uh, using the family name to, to, to better himself. And there's a lot of corruption. And Joe Biden claiming he knows nothing about Hunter Biden's business. And yet we know from the Hunter Biden's laptop that that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's everything that they wanted to be true about Trump is true about Biden. And instead of uh, even mentioning that for one second, they spend almost 11 hours talking about this indictment over allegedly hush money, which is something that Democrat politicians do as well. Gee whiz, Bill Clinton did almost 10 times, if you account for inflation, what Trump did. And then Congress had its own slush fund for hush money. Yet apparently when Trump does it, it's bad. Whereas the Biden family doing everything they wanted to be true of Trump, that's not even worth covering. Right. And uh, again, the, the st- double standard proves the lie that the, 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 the network news are objective. It, it, it's, it's again, it's hey, no, I absolutely understandable for them to cover the, the, the Trump investigations. I mean, he's, he's former president and he's a current presidential candidate. So, yes, they should cover it, but the zero seconds on on Biden, come on. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's because they felt they invested so much in getting Biden over the finish line that they yes. just can't, you know, suddenly contradict themselves. Either that or they just don't want to because they figure, well, as bad as Biden is, he's on our side. He's our mem- He's a member of our team. So he gets a pass, whereas since Trump is on the other side, we're just going to go full bore and hope that distracts from Biden. Yeah, that's exactly it. <clears throat> They're on the same team. They're on the same team. You, you said it perfectly. And excuse me, but um, and then and yeah, and then Trump also, Trump gives them ratings too. Cynically speaking, <laughs> the Trump Trump coverage gives them ratings. So, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a combination of both. Uh, they're on the Biden team, and also Trump is a buzzword for them. Mm. I don't know why the Biden stuff wouldn't give them some ratings, too. Gee whiz, everything that Hunter Biden did, that's like an HBO special or something right there. That's like something you'd see on Cinemax if you made a movie out of it. Prostitutes, uh, gun crimes, bribery. uh, Everything there is just (laughs) absolutely salacious. It's what people want to see. No, you're right. Can you imagine if, if, if Donald Trump Jr.? was engaged in the same kind of behavior as Hunter Biden, it would, it would have dominated every single evening story and morning show. I mean, it just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's again, the double standard staggering. Yeah, and if uh, Donald Trump had his classified documents sitting in his garage next to the car that his son took prostitutes around in, I, the, we'd be hearing, we would never hear the end of it about how this country's national security was so threatened. <laughs> Right, exactly, and and so it's uh, you know we hear newsbusters we are tracking the, the the bias and the double standards every day, and uh, uh, we and we encourage uh, your listeners to come check out what, what we've done here. This is just the latest study on it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in your time tracking it, have you seen it? Has it gotten worse, or did it just like hit its peak under Trump and then stay at that at that level for the last seven years? I mean, it. it, it... Yeah, it probably it, it kind of goes in waves, but yeah, it's in terms of the little bias guy, it's just been getting worse and worse over the years. You know, I've been we've been following it since nineteen eighty seven here at the MRC, and back then you just had the, the networks 
PBS uh, and and CNN. Now, though, but you know, over the years, you've had uh, editions of MSNBC, and and it seems like they've just decided to go. And then Fox News comes along, and they feel like, well, since there's you know this network that's uh, that's kind of more leans right, we can we have the freedom to go even further left. So yeah, it's just gotten more biased. Well, it could also be that because Fox News has the same ratings as. Uh any two of the other ones that they felt, well, they're doing double what we are, so we should do double what they are as far as bias goes and hope that somehow works. No, you know, you would really think that, that, that at some point they would go, they would look at a Fox News or a success of, of some of these other conservative outlets and go, maybe if we, 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 we allowed uh, a little more time to conservatives or Republicans and their side of the story, that we could increase our ratings, but no, they just double down on the on on the leftism. <laughs> and the, the way we've seen CNN's viewership dropping considerably, like a dropping a stone out of an airplane, just about. Uh, it, 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 what, how are they justifying this to the sponsors? How are they even getting money at this point? Because they're not delivering the same viewers that they used to. And if you look at CNN's viewership, it's it's a shadow of what it used to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I mean, the sponsors. Well, geez, I mean, we've documented here on on you know Newsbusters, like you know who sponsors these shows. But uh, look, these corp these corporations, they're they're going woke as well. So, yep, so I guess it's uh, like with ESG or with Silicon Valley yeah. Bank. Even though you're going to lose money, it's better to go woke and go broke than it is to uh, stay profitable. Oh. Disturbing times we're living in, especially with our companies having this thing. But uh, Jeffrey Dickens, Director of Media Analysis at the Media Research Center, thank you for being on the Al Nathan Show today. Listeners, their website, newsbusters.org. That's a good thing to check out. I check it out quite regularly. And you can also check out MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Be seeing you. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.